like to speak to those today who are struggling with resentment and feeling disillusioned. If you're the guy who's always mad at the world, I'm not talking to you. Look to the person next to you and say, if you're mad at the world, he's not talking to you. God has another message for you. Repent and get over it. If you're mad at the world and you're always ticked off at everybody and everything, you just need to repent. This word is not for you. There's another word for you. Repent, stop it, grow up. This is for those who are fighting, hear me, who are fighting against being resentful and those who don't understand what is happening. Maybe in the past you've had a great zeal for the Lord and you had a vision for his work. But things have happened along the way that have perplexed you and kind of sacked away your passion, your zeal for the things of God. Maybe you feel betrayed or that you'll become a failure. You may feel called by God to do a particular task or work for him. But when you do it, it doesn't work out as you thought it would. In fact, whenever you set your mind to draw near to the Lord, it's as if things blow up in your face. And sometimes you may feel it would be better if I didn't do anything, if I just kept my mouth shut. Then people won't misunderstand me. Then I won't have these hassles. If I don't do anything, if I don't say anything, then I won't have these hassles. Our first point today is that doesn't feel like a blessing. Look to the person next to you and say, that doesn't feel like a blessing. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 says this, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I want you to think for a moment in your mind, and I want to ask this question. What does the word righteousness mean? It means what is right and what is just. I'd like you to hear me clearly. If you determine in your heart to do what is right and what is just, Satan himself will instigate a resistance to your efforts. I want to say that again because you need to hear that. If you determine in your heart to do those things that are right and those things that are just, Satan himself will instigate resistance to your efforts. That resistance is called persecution. And oftentimes we think of persecution from being just somewhere off in a far country. Years ago it would have been a communist country or now in a Muslim regime. We think of that's where persecution. And it's a persecution at times comes from the world. In some places around the world it comes in the form of physical violence. Where people lose their homes and lose their properties and lose their job. And we see whenever we have people come in and share with us about the persecuted church, they'll show pictures and images of people who have had acid thrown in their face and people who have been burned and their hands and heads cut off. Sometimes this violence, this persecution even comes to the point of death. We can clearly recognize that as that's Satan. 
we know that Satan is behind that. But what's hard to understand is whenever this persecution and this resistance is not so blatant. Perhaps it comes from closer home. Perhaps it comes from a brother or a sister. I want you to understand this. Satan is an equal opportunity employer. He's an equal opportunity employer. He will use a Satanist. He will use an atheist. He'll use an agnostic. You know who he loves to hire? He loves to hire carnal Christians. They're some of his best employees that he can possibly get. He loves those Christians who are kind of half-hearted or indifferent. He loves to use them. Anytime he sees one of them looking for a job, he recruits them. He goes after them. Look at the damage that religious people have done to the cause of Christ over the centuries. Look how the religious people responded to Jesus in his day. You and I need to be very careful that we do not become a tool in the hands of the enemy used to discourage and destroy the work of God in the life of another believer because of criticism or judgmental attitude or a judgmental heart. You need to be careful, those of you who have been saved for a period of time, how we treat the kids and how we treat the teenagers and how we treat the young people as they're growing up in their relationship with God. We need to be patient with people who are new converts, who are new to their relationship with God, because sometimes the words that you say can utterly destroy them. You don't realize how powerful your words are. You don't realize how influential your words are and how many times a person who's younger in the faith looks to you and how very fragile they are. How very fragile they are. You get a person who's been saved for a period of time and they're maybe quick to criticize or quick to judge somebody or quick just to say something, not realizing the damage. A person stepping out in faith and trying to be used of God. You'll see that a lot of times in churches with the teenagers or with the young people. And you'll see someone who's been saved for a long time. Instead of being their cheerleader, instead of being someone who spurs them on and just pats them on the back and lifts them up, you'll have the saints are the ones who are the most critical and the most harsh. It's as if Satan influences them. It's as if he influences them to tear down and destroy. But here's the truth. If you determine to do what's right and just, be sure that the enemy will inspire someone to resist God's work in your life. He's not just trying to resist you. He's trying to resist God's work in your life. As I said before, he will use whoever is available. The enemy will inspire someone According to scripture, this is what they will do. They will insult you. They will persecute you. And tell lies about you. Being harassed or being persecuted involves harassment, bullying, being badgered, being annoyed. It could be something as simple as when you sense the need for family devotion. Let's say as a husband. Or maybe as a teenager, you sense the need for your family to pray together. And your spouse begins to make fun of you, accusing you of trying to be super spiritual. And for some people, that's all that they need to hear. Well, I know I'm not super spiritual. I just feel like we need to pray together. I just feel like we need some more time with the Lord. I feel I'd like our family to read the Bible. Oh, you're spiritual now. Ah, yesterday you weren't so spiritual, were you? It's amazing how a spouse or 
someone who's close to us can at times be so critical or so harsh. Or perhaps you refuse to take part in gossiping. Let's say as a believer, you, you see people and, and there's someone who's gossiping or someone who's criticizing another person, and you say, you don't want to be a part of that. You know, there's some people that will cut you out of their life. They'll cut you out of their group because you refuse to gossip or to criticize another person. We said, well, that's not being persecuted. Yeah, that really is. That's a form of persecution because there's some people who, because they do the right thing, there's people who will no longer be friends with them. If you don't agree with them, if you don't get on the bandwagon, they cut you out of their lives. They turn things around and start saying things about you. That doesn't feel like a blessing. When you've determined in your heart to draw near to God and to do what pleases Him. And as I said, let's say, let's say someone's gossiping or someone's mad at somebody else or critical of somebody else, and you just say, I don't want to be a part of that. Oftentimes, they will literally cut you out of their lives. They will alienate you, and you'll be left alone. And so the person's saying, what did I do wrong? What's going on? It doesn't feel like a blessing. But Jesus says, when it happens, you're blessed. I want to go back to those verses. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because of doing the right thing, because of right choices. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you. And persecute means to badger, tear down, persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Now, the second point that he says is when this happens, you're to rejoice and be glad. Now, we can understand this if it's the Satanists that are coming against us. But can I say to you that much of your persecution and much of the resistance that comes against you will not come from the Satanists? I'm just telling you, most of you won't have the Satanist kind of person who, like, with a 666 on their forehead. There's some of them out there, a pentagram on their neck and the I love the devil tattooed on their back. They're not going to be the people in your life who are the biggest hassle. They're not going to be. Because you're going to identify them. You're going to recognize them. Oftentimes, the biggest hassle that you're going to have that's going to hold you back spiritually is a carnal Christian. Someone who says that they love God. Someone who is an outward form of godliness, but denies the power thereof. They're going to be your greatest resistance. Yeah, the trouble may come from your brother. Yeah, the trouble may come from within your own house. I can understand it when the Satanist doesn't like me. We can understand that. But what about whenever it's someone who's close to you? What about when it's someone who's near to you? That's the challenge that we have. The Word says that we are to rejoice and be glad. Let me read to you these verses in another version. The New Living Translation says, God blesses you. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all kinds of evil things about you because you're my follower. Now, I want to say something to you. Larry's the director of a ministry now. It's a rehab. I promise you that Larry is going to face, he stepped up to another level of leadership. 
I promise you that Larry is going to face resistance from the enemy. There's going to be a greater level of resistance than what there was when Larry wasn't the leader there. When Larry wasn't involved in the ministry there, the level of resistance is going to rise. And Larry's there trying to help guys and change their lives and see God use them. And I'm telling you, there's going to be families who he reaches out to who are going to think Larry's the biggest jerk that they've ever met. I'm just telling you the truth. You're like, Larry, I thought Larry's a nice guy. Larry is. But I promise you, he's going to face people because of righteousness' sake. He's going to have to say to some guys, guys, if you're going to keep doing this, you can't stay in the program. If you don't do what's right, you can't keep, oh, you know, before Larry's, Larry's like wonderful. Larry is like a lifesaver. Oh, thank God for Larry. Larry, like just a hug you. You know, the grandmoms calling and telling how, what a blessing he is. The grandmoms will see him and say, what a blessing he is. How wonderful he is. How good he is. You saved my grandson's life. And then the grandson doesn't do what he's supposed to. And then they're going to say, well, Larry, all, he's in, he's in, all he wants is the money. Larry's like, money? I'd like to see a little money, wouldn't you, Larry? These guys volunteer, they serve, they sacrifice, and people will say, oh, they're doing it, all they want is the money. How much are you paying? Oh, you're not paying for anything? Oh, okay. You're not paying anything, but all they want is your money. Yeah, come on. What you'll have is if you set yourself up to do what God asks you to do, there's going to be that resistance. It says, the other version, the New Living Version says, you are happy when people act and talk in a bad way to you and make it very hard for you and tell bad things and lies about you because you trust in me. The Message Bible, I'll read the whole section. It says this, not only that, count yourself blessed every time people put you down. Once you hear this, you're trying to do the right thing. Who am I speaking to? I'm talking to the guy who's struggling not to be resentful. He said, I don't want to have an attitude towards people. I want to love these families who I'm helping. I want to love these guys. I want to care for them. Notice what it says. Count yourself blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even. What? People say mean things about you. People criticize you. People tear you down. Even though they don't like it, I do. And all heavens applauds. And know that you're in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. Sometimes we get a little disillusioned. Because I thought, if I do the right thing, I treat people right, if I do my best to honor God, then everything works out. That's not what the scripture says. Then everybody likes you. Then everybody's happy. Then everybody tells everybody how wonderful you are. You're the best pastor we've ever had. You're so good to me. I, I thought that, honestly, I thought, I thought that's what happens. But according to the scripture, there's going to be times that you and I will face this persecution, this resistance. And the word says that instead of being angry, or instead of being disillusioned, or instead of quitting, or instead of getting a bitter spirit, you're to rejoice and be glad 
when people insult you. Do you like being insulted? I can understand when someone insults me if I've insulted them. I don't understand. It blows my mind. Listen, when you're kind to people when they insult you, that's when I want to punch you in the face. I'm being honest. Can we be honest here? Is there anybody else who would be honest? I see that hand. I see that hand. The times when you go out of your way to help someone or to serve someone, or the times whenever you go above and beyond, maybe you work in a store and you go above and beyond to give them good service, and they're still rude and mean. I'm talking about a customer today. Ain't I? There's times in Sam's business where he goes, maybe he goes above and beyond to take secure that customer and give them a discount, treat them right, and they're still not happy. They're still upset. Well, he, the word says that you're to rejoice and be glad. To be honest, I get embarrassed. I don't think I'm better than anybody. You know, some people go around, they think they're better than somebody else. I've never felt that I was better than anybody. I do get embarrassed when I'm associated with people who are idiots. And then you kind of feel that way. And there's people who you don't want to even be, I'm not better than anybody, but I don't want to be associated with people who act like, act like idiots. And you kind of want to like slip away from them. And you don't want anybody to know that you're with that crowd. Okay? Now, if you make a mistake, I'm telling you, if you make a mistake, we'll stand there with you. We'll, We'll do whatever we have to. We've done that over the years. There's people here that made mistakes, and we stand with you, and, and, and we work through things. But if you're just going to act like an idiot, sometimes I want to stay away from that kind of person. I don't like to be pulled into people's dramas. Do you like being pulled into people's dramas? There's some people who act like they're still middle school girls, and by saying that, I'm kind of insulting middle school girls. I don't mean to insult them. But you know how middle school girls have a lot of drama sometimes? Not all middle school girls, but there's some who do. But that's how unsaved middle school girls may act. Not men and women of God. Men and women of God don't get caught up in all of the drama and all the foolishness. At times I feel violated for even being associated with that kind of foolishness. Do you know what I'm saying? You don't even want to be associated with it. You don't want to be connected with it. But Jesus says when that happens, I'm to rejoice and be glad. Why would I want to rejoice and be glad? Because of this word I'm going to teach you about. A few years ago, I spent part of a summer in Israel. We would go into the classroom for probably four or five hours, at least four hours a day. And when you, from the time you walked in, until the time they were done, unless you took a break because of after. Everything they said was in Hebrew. They're teaching us, we had six graduate credits of Hebrew, and they wanted to teach you it by immersion. Okay? So you're in there, and all they do is they speak Hebrew. But then at night, you had to study it after you did your other classes. So we were nine graduate credits there. So I want to teach you a word. Everyone say, cha. Cha. Say it again, louder. Okay. Not another word I want to teach you. Everybody say, shame. Say it loud. Okay. I want you to put them together. Cha ching. Now say, say it loud. Say it loud. One more time. Cha ching. That has nothing to do with Hebrew. That is, that is the word. He says, whenever people persecute you, 
Whenever they criticize you, what do you say? When they lie about you, what do you say? When they accuse you of doing something you didn't do, what do you say? Ta-ting! Why? Because great is your reward in heaven. See, I always just get mad when they do it. I just get kind of hurt. I get confused. I get on my knees and I pray, oh God, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? Oh God, show me, show me. He doesn't say nothing. You know why? Because he wants me to hear that word. What does cha-ching mean? That means there's a payday coming. That means that there's a blessing coming. If you work for a company and you make a big sale, you kind of smile and you get commissioned, and you smile, you know, you walk, oh, thank you very much. Good doing business with you. You walk out with cards. Yes, yes, yes. What I want you to start doing is the next time, the next time someone says something rude to you and you've done the right thing, I want you to say, this may be a practice that you start in your home. Some of you may be doing it with your husband or with your wife. You're trying to pray, trying to have a good attitude. Your wife says something smart to you. All you got to say is, cha-ching. She, you know, she kind of has a little eye to you. You're saying, no, no, honey, I don't want to argue with you. And she's like, oh, you're like, cha-ching. I'm getting great rewards in heaven. The word says great is your reward. He says that when that happens, don't get angry. Don't get frustrated. Don't lose heart. That's like the boss dropping a, like a, a 15% of your annual salary into your 401k. That's what it is. He says, great is your reward. Now, here's the other thing I want you to understand. You're in good company. Look to the person next to you and say, you're in good company. Now, here's the truth. Whenever people say mean things about you, whenever people criticize you, when people are harsh, when they misunderstand you, sometimes you feel really alone. When people are difficult, Sometimes you feel really alone. What did I do? God, what did I do to deserve this? Where are you at, God? Why aren't you defending me? And this is what God says. He says, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. When it happens, you haven't done something bad or wrong. You're just in really good company. You hear that? As we close... My prayer for you is this, that if you're struggling with resentment because of what other people say or do, and here's the, if you're just mean to people and you're rude to people, then you get what you deserve. You're not be suffering. If you cheat people and they tell people that you're a thief, you're not being persecuted for righteousness sake. You're a thief and you need to be honest with people. If you're abusive to your family and they're mad at you, you're not being persecuted for righteousness sake. But if when you do what is right, and the enemy stirs up someone else to come against you, you can rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward. You don't have to be feeling bad about it. All you got to remember is that word, judging. I hope that some of you start using that on your spouse. That'd be a really good Or on your kids. Now, the kids, if your kids come up to you, and they're cha-ching to you, you need to check your heart. Make sure that you're treating them good. Make sure you're doing right. 
Well, you and I have a great reward, and it's not going to be taken from us, and it's going to last for eternity. And he says, you're blessed. Rejoice. Be exceedingly glad. He says, be thrilled. You're hitting the lottery because great is your reward in heaven. And he says, you're in good company. You're not by yourself. You're in good company. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would bless your people. I'm asking, Father, that you would change the way that we think. Instead of being a victim, instead of being a victim of circumstance, instead of quitting and giving up, instead of not doing what God has asked us to do because we face resistance, I pray, God, that people will be even more dedicated to doing your will, that they would rejoice and be glad whenever they face difficulties because they know that great is their reward. God, I thank you that we're working for a kingdom that doesn't end. I may have in this world, I may have another 30 years to live, but God, I have eternity to spend with you. And I thank you, Lord, that this brief life, which is but a vapor, that in this life we are preparing for eternity of glory and blessing with you. Lord, I thank you that when you say we have a great reward, Lord, it's a great reward. Let us not lose heart. Let us not give up. Let us not grow faint in well-doing because you promised we'll reap a harvest if we faint not. And I pray for that one who struggles with resentment and who slacked off. I ask you, Father, to relieve them of their resentment and, Lord, cause them to laugh just knowing that you have something great for them. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said...